You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. Don't struggle to align your organization's cybersecurity with business risk. Get the only solution that goes beyond reacting to threats with vulnerability and risk monitoring. You need the next evolution of MDR, and only Critical Start delivers it. Critical Start doesn't just monitor and respond to threats. They put you in control by detecting suspicious activities, quickly responding to contained threats, and identifying your most critical assets and protecting them against vulnerabilities and exposures. With continuous visibility, expert guidance, and measurable risk reduction, Critical Start has redefined what it means to manage cyber risk. Demonstrate provable security maturity to your leadership while positioning your program to achieve the greatest risk reduction per dollar spent. Stop fearing risk and start managing it with Critical Start. Visit criticalstart.com and request a demo today. That's criticalstart.com. California says a nation-state was behind the Anthem attack. The shadow brokers hold a yard sale. We'll pass on the malware, but if they had a nice blender out, we'd consider it. WikiLeaks says it's interested in relationships, not doxing. The US FDA confirms vulnerabilities in cardiac devices. Hello Kitty gets breached. Germany and the UK study ways of increasing cyber capability. And Russia complains it's the subject of a witch hunt. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Tuesday, January 10th, 2017. California, aided by Mandiant, has concluded that it knows with high confidence exactly who breached the Anthem Healthcare Insurance Company in 2014. They've also concluded with medium confidence that the responsible actor was working on behalf of a nation-state. The responsible nation isn't named, but most observers have long thought the Anthem breach was a Chinese government operation. Noteworthy among the circumstantial evidence pointing to state espionage is the dog that didn't bark. The compromised data doesn't appear to have been sold or transferred to any non-state actors, like identity thieves, carters, fraudsters, or other varieties of conventional criminals. The shadow brokers have resurfaced. The hacking crew with broken English straight out of Hollywood, who say they want to strike a blow against wealthy elite and make a little coin on the side. The brokers have tried since last summer with indifferent success to auction off attack tools they say they obtained by guile or hacking from NSA. They're now holding what Heimdall Security calls a yard sale. Much of what they've got spread across their virtual front yard consists of Windows malware, especially the unappealingly named Danders Spritz remote administration tool. On Friday, the WikiLeaks Task Force, a verified Twitter account that represents itself with some plausibility as the official at WikiLeaks support account, deleted a tweet that appeared to indicate plans to build a database of verified Twitter users. There was understandable objection from many Twitter users who saw the effort as an incipient doxing campaign. The WikiLeaks Task Force says it was merely interested in building a database that would display relationships which many find about as disturbing as doxing, albeit in a different way. WikiLeaks says the ill feelings are caused by a misperception, and it blames the dishonest press for scaring people. 
So the tweet is deleted, but it's unclear if the database project it described has also been abandoned. The U.S. FDA confirms that St. Jude medical cardiac devices are vulnerable to cyber attack. St. Jude said yesterday that it had a patch and was pushing it out. Vulnerabilities in St. Jude devices were initially disclosed in August 2016 by Muddy Waters, a hedge fund interested in shorting St. Jude stock. The vulnerabilities alleged in the public disclosure were reported to Muddy Waters by its partners in the cybersecurity company MedSec. Litigation between St. Jude on the one hand and the team of Muddy Waters and MedSec on the other continues. The FDA finding is expected to prove relevant to the outcome. In a rather different kind of threat to the heart, a database of 3.3 million Hello Kitty fans has leaked online. A poorly configured Sanrio database was copied before it was secured. Ransomware continues to be a threat, showing up at or near the top of just about everyone's list of things we can expect to get worse in 2017. But one company is doing their part to help stem the tide. Cyber Reason is an Israeli cybersecurity firm, and they recently released a free ransomware prevention tool called Ransom Free. Uri Sternfeld is lead researcher at Cyber Reason. Uh, if you look at the damages caused by ransomware from 2014 until the end of 2016, you can see an exponential growth uh, from about $25 million uh, worldwide uh, in 2014 to more than a billion dollars worldwide. So what we did was uh, to take a few hundred uh, samples of real-world ransomware uh, from uh, about 30, 40 different families and sort of uh, look for the common heuristic, something that will allow us to uh, catch most type of ransomware without prior knowledge, uh, without uh, concentrating on the specific characteristics of each uh, family or uh, uh, even uh, yet unknown families of ransomware. And what we came up uh, with was uh, to concentrate on the uh, low-level file activity of ransomware and uh, detect the file encryption patterns that indi indicate that this is uh, a malicious tool trying to encrypt files. This is sort of a very unique activity for ransomware as opposed to other types of malware. And... Uh, we also uh, managed to distinguish between malicious encryption and uh, the types of legitimate encryption. So if I'm a, a user of Ransom Free, how, how will it affect the use of my computer? Well, it simply runs in the background. Uh, usually you won't feel anything. Uh, one of the techniques we use is to uh, create multiple tiny canary files throughout the drive. Uh, most of them, of them are hidden from the user, so there's no problem. It simply sits in the background and monitors uh, file activity and doesn't do anything unless it detects a malicious encryption process. And so if it does detect a malicious encryption, what happens next? So it does several things. Uh, the first is to immediately uh, suspend and quarantine the uh, suspected uh, offender. Then uh, it pops up an alert for all the users which are currently logged on on the machine, uh, alerted them to the activity and allowed them to uh, first see any affected files, including files uh, created or deleted or uh, renamed. And then the user is able to uh, either allow the suspected process if, this, uh, if, if they suspect this was a false positive, which is uh, usually unlikely, or they can uh, choose to block the threat 
which will not only terminate the threat, but also automatically prevent the same threat from ever running again. That's Uri Sternfeld from Cyber Reason. In the aftermath of last year's two big disclosures of massive data breaches, Verizon may still walk away from its acquisition of Yahoo's core assets, but Yahoo is acting as if it's a done deal. The company has announced that it will be renaming itself Altaba, and so Yahoo, one of the famous names from the dot-com era, will disappear from the tech marketplace. A number of senior Yahoo leaders, including CEO Marissa Meyer, will be resigning. As many note, it's still not clear that Verizon will continue with its acquisition plans. Another big aerospace and defense integrator divests itself of a commercial cybersecurity unit. Northrop Grumman is selling its Blue Vector subsidiary to LLR Partners. Financial terms of the sale weren't disclosed, but LLR Partners said that it has committed $50 million to Blue Vector, quote, to support the acquisition and future growth plans, end quote. Germany and the U.K. are looking at ways of building their cyber capabilities. Germany is especially concerned about fending off Russian influence operations in the elections the Federal Republic will hold later this year. The U.K. is conducting a more comprehensive review of its capabilities. Those would likewise include defensive measures against information operations, but Her Majesty's government is also interested in developing enhanced cyber offensive capabilities. Those who find themselves generally opposed to such capabilities see the beginning of an attempt at control of the media, and opponents of the recently enacted Snoopers Charter are challenging enhanced surveillance powers in court. As the U.S. president-elect comes around to the view that Russia took an interest in U.S. elections, members of Congress and others do some woofing about the possibility that the U.S. is falling behind the opposition in its ability to wage cyber warfare. Historians of the Cold War will be put in mind of the missile gap presidential candidate Kennedy charged the Eisenhower administration with allowing. For his part, Russia's President Putin decries all of this furor over hacking, mostly in the U.S. but elsewhere too, as a witch hunt. It's not our place to advise the Russian government, and if we wanted to do so, we'd write a letter to the editor of RT. But it does seem that losing the broomstick and the black conical hat would be a good idea, Vladimir Vladimirich. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use. With zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications, so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire.
Joining me once again is Jonathan Katz. He's a professor of computer science at the University of Maryland and also director of the Maryland Cybersecurity Center. Uh, Jonathan, I was hoping today you could uh, take us through and help us understand some uh, different types of encryption. Uh, and I wanted to start with attribute-based encryption. So this is something that's been developed over the past 10 years or so in the uh, cryptography community. And if you let, let's step back, actually, and just talk about regular public key encryption. In a regular public key encryption scheme, uh, anybody has the ability to encrypt, and only a designated receiver who has the matching private key can decrypt. Uh, Attribute-based encryption allows you to do public key encryption with a more complicated access control, essentially. Um, and what this allows you to do is to derive private keys that are policy-specific. So they have a particular policy embedded in them that dictates whether or not somebody can decrypt. So, for example, uh, that allows now anybody to, again, encrypt, like in a regular public key encryption scheme, but only people whose, whose uh, keys match a particular policy specified by the sender can decrypt. And so there's another type of encryption called functional encryption. Can you take us through that? Yeah, so functional encryption actually is even a generalization of attribute-based encryption. Uh, you still have the same idea of private keys being tied to policies, uh, but now rather than uh, you know, either the policy allowing you to decrypt everything or to get nothing, uh, the policy can now specify an arbitrary function, uh, and with that private key you can learn that function of the plaintext. So just as a, uh, an example of that, you might imagine you have different uh, people having different uh, levels of clearance, and uh, somebody, a sender can encrypt a document, uh, marking each paragraph uh, with a particular classification level. And then depending on the particular key that a recipient has, they would only be able to see the particular paragraphs of the plaintext that they had the, uh, the, the rights to be able to see. And are both of these uh, in regular use, or are they still in the developmental stages? So they're still in the developmental stages, but actually the schemes uh, we have now for, for simple access policies are relatively efficient, and I think there are some companies now trying to commercialize them. And I think these kind of schemes can be very useful in, uh, in uh, large organizations for exactly managing this kind of control to data. You can imagine having an encrypted operating system, for example, where every file is encrypted using attribute-based encryption, and then you give keys to particular users that allow them to decrypt only the files that they should have the, uh, the rights to access. So I think we'll see uh, perhaps some developed uh, real-world use of these systems in the next five years or so. Interesting stuff. Jonathan Katz, thanks for joining us. And just a reminder that we'd like to hear from you. If you have any questions for any of our academic or research partners, you can send those questions in to questions at thecyberwire.com, and we will pass them on and try to get them answered on the air. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the CyberWire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening.
Hey, listeners. We're always looking for ways to improve the N2K CyberWire network and maintain the intelligence-driven news experience that keeps you in the know on the latest developments in cybersecurity. We've launched our 2024 audience survey and would love for you to take a few minutes to share your feedback. And hey, there's even a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card if you complete the survey. Visit cyberwire.com slash survey. That's cyberwire.com slash survey and share your feedback now. And now a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI. 